0: Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, uh, welcome to the podcast. Father John and Joe Doman here. And my baby brother Steve. What's up? We're doing this outdoors. It's springtime in Boulder, Colorado. You can hear the birds there. Last time we did an outdoor podcast, Joe Doman, quiz. Do you remember the last one? We didn't do it.
1: I didn't. I wasn't here for it.
0: Father Peter Musstead and I did one at the base of... What was St. Mala Retreat Center, which is now burned to the ground.
1: Oh, that's when there was like all this wind in the background and stuff? Yep. So we we did that then.
0: on Frassati. No wind today, but we're going to have other kind of people coming in and out, I imagine. We have my brother on today.
2: Now, um, I, I want to be the first to say how honored I am to be on this podcast. Um, not for you, John, because you're kind of lame, um, but for you, Joe. Thank you, Steve. And this is why I've listened to enough podcasts to know that I get kind of slammed a lot, and so I want you to know what really goes on, is that it is an honor to listen to Joe Doman. That he was—he he was a big deal at Steubenville. The only thing I was ever known for stop, is I—I I okay, fell on—I fell on stage. But Joe, hey, it was good to hear your voice. We probably should wrap up the
0: podcast for today. It was great uh, Catholic stuff. You should know J10. Uh, no, no, my brother um, is special. But uh, one of the reasons he's special is because he has intense ADD, ADHD actually, and so. Uh, in about 35 seconds, he's going to kind of zone out. And hey, look at that talking. flower Exactly. There. And uh, so when he says he's listened to a lot of the podcasts, what he means is he's listened to the beginning of a lot of podcasts, and that's about
2: it. That's not true. I listen to Nathan Gullible because the guy's, well, I don't know. This is why I need to give a shout out to Mike before because I know that Nathan once said that he needed a babysitter for the podcast, and, well, I guess I kind of need a translator. And it's not just ADD. I had this thing called holistic learning when I was a kid, and... Uh, I think I have like a verbal dyslexia from it now, so I'm going to mix up a lot of my words and stuff. So Mike's going to have to edit that. So he also
0: never learned phonics, which is kind of that, a I, that's
2: actually true. That's what holistic learning is.
0: And we have a studio audience now. Here they are. Ty, Hi. Ty is uh, his name is Major Domo. Ty, come here and say hello. Peek your head over here. Hello, interwebs. <laughs> like, yeah. Ty, oh my s- god. Ty sets up the uh, podcast for us, and Ty then we have it, Kyle and Leslie as well. Today, Hi, let's, girls. let's get to the topic, Hi, though, before more people come and. Uh, no, you're welcome to stay. They're, they're, today is Holy Saturday, and so we're in all the preparations for the Easter Vigil, and Ty is cooking. He's actually barbecuing right next to where we're recording. So if uh, everything expl- <laughs> explodes and you hear people screaming, <laughs> you'll know <laughs> that there is a danger. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, to the topic. Yes. What is the topic?
2: I don't know. What are You asking me for? Just the me topic right is discipleship. Discipleship. Many
0: of our podcasts, Joe, if not all of them, are lost in theory and they're very abstract and difficult to understand. Today, we're going to take we're going to make it practical because we got one of the least theoretical human beings on the planet, my <laughs> brother.
2: That's that's true. And so, it's also a stupid joke. Thanks a
0: lot. <laughs> hey, we're trying to podcast over here. Thank you. The uh, but it is actually really important, and we're really actually blessed to have Steve O uh, join us because Steve is part of a uh, an emerging. Uh, movement in youth ministry uh, that is shifting really radically um, to a different model. And that model that we call is discipleship. So before we talk and jump into discipleship, I want Steve to kind of give us a lay of the land for uh, what has the last 20 years of youth ministry looked like, what's the problem with it, and, now, and then we'll get into kind of what is discipleship and why you're going into that way. So, fire away Hebo.
2: Yeah, well, everyone's like, what's Hebo? <laughs> <laughs>
0: His nickname is Hebe, and that became Hebo. Hebo,
2: with <laughs> Tim Tebow, thank you. Who's now a jet and not our quarterback go ahead long live manning
1: is he dating taylor swift
2: i don't know she has a great new song for the hunger games i don't know if you back heard it. on the top sorry
1: <laughs> adhd yeah
2: yeah it's great they have great thank you so tell us about youth ministry prior to <laughs> the original model well what happened i think was uh i'm at st francis cabrini in littleton which a shout out to all my homies out there um and uh what happened is we have like a really big youth group it's down in the suburbs uh in littleton and uh, it's the typical large youth group model. And so if you've ever been to a youth group, how it typically works is it's you, you have all the kids show up and then there's like a really exciting game that's usually kind of lame. Uh, and then there's a talk that's given and then small groups. You know, a lot of the models, you know, Life Team, they do this and Young Life. And a lot of them are very effective and they're very great programs. Um, but what's missing is that there's, there's not the, the substance a lot of times is missing. So uh, a problem that we'd always run into in the youth groups in the past, uh, kind of the old school model, the, the big youth group model, is you have all these younger classmen but by the time they get older they're like i've heard this talk uh, i've played these dumb games and they stopped showing up and so um what happened was at, at cabrini it's something kind of interesting but kind of some of my predecessors before uh they were really struggling when they were at the parish and uh, as a result the, the youth group got really small uh and uh the girl that's my boss uh and a good friend of mine shannon gunning um at the time there was a really small youth group and there's an opportunity to try new things and Uh, At the seminary, there was this seminarian named John Neppel, who you guys know affectionately from this uh, subpar podcast. We're
1: supposed to call him Father John. (laughs) Father
2: John. He's my brother. (laughs) It's just weird to call him Father. Now I have two fathers. That is
0: weird. Now, hold on. Uh, Just before you continue into that, I think it's important to note that the old model, uh, like primarily that we see in Life Teen, uh, was not effective because it wasn't. Um, forming them in a deeper way. It was just kind of the pre-evangelization phase. But the other thing was that youth ministers were burning out like crazy. What's yeah. the average lifespan of youth minister? Like, 18 months. 18 they only months, make it 18 months. Which is nothing. And I think one of the reasons for that is because they're trying to meet the needs of all of these kids. Mm-hmm. For you, that would be hundreds and hundreds of kids who are involved and around. And if you're trying to invest in all of them, uh, it's just a matter of time before you completely burn out.
1: And not only that, it's like I feel like the large life teen model, that kind of thing, it's you you touched on it that you're only giving like the evangelical thing like you're kind of giving the Christian message but you have some kids who are coming for the first time maybe freshman year right and then some kids who have been in for 4 years and how do you in one talk connect you know give kind of the the pre catechesis just the, the gospel message and why they need this in their life and how do you also keep forming people who have been in for 3 or 4 years and that's just problematic because you know you hear the same talks like you said and you hear the, you play the same games and it's like is this all there is and
2: problematic and the same thing too is that there's a there's a place for the big youth group model we we're still a life team parish and i'm a huge supporter of life team they have some phenomenal people that are there um but there's a method in youth ministry it's it's very simple it's called win build send so the first kids that you get are you know the kids that are smoking pot or who don't want to be there and and it's the desire to go and win them and that's why you play all the games and do all the dumb things but the problem is is that potheads love to play games i don't know uh (laughs) <laughs> Don't distract me. Sorry, there's too many flowers around, anyways. Hey, like a bird. Uh, but so often, I think that that's all that's done is it's one and like Joe, exactly what you're saying is you get all these kids there, and how do you give a talk to a kid that doesn't want to be there, who's just in the in the in the immediate part of his conversion, and those that have been around for for years, and so in many senses, what we're proposing. Uh, and what's kind of the movement, a lot of our Christian brothers and sisters, they've done this for a long time, but especially in the Catholic Church, is a supplement to these, to, to keep the life team, to keep the young life, all these, these these great things that have been built up over the last 20 years, and to supplement it with something that's deeper and, 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 and retains them, that is that makes it capable to build them in the Christian faith, and then to send them out as uh, um, people to talk about jesus I exactly now and let's go angelizers.
0: back to this the great things this guy john nepple did though. can we talk more about that <laughs> yeah so
2: what happened is our youth group was really struggling and it got really small and it, it just needed a change and so um like i said the guy that was the youth minister the time was was going through some personal things and again just the typical kind of burning out in youth ministry uh and so shannon called up my brother who's in seminary and she said john there's these, these a couple guys just meet with them i don't care what you do what you teach uh, just have these guys just meet with them, come down from the seminary, meet them once a week, uh, and so the discipleship model, in many senses, was developed. Uh, and so, when John started to do this, he didn't. He's like, "Well, I don't know what to do." And so he had a buddy in seminary. Have you guys ever had Father Brian Larkin on? No, we no. talked
0: about him. Yeah, but he doesn't listen. So oh, he's totally lame, anyways. Yeah.
2: Uh, but Father Brian Larkin, Not true, <laughs> he's, he's actually really cool. Um, who's a priest now? He was a seminary with John at the time, and he was involved in a, a college ministry called Focus, uh, which does discipleship. Um, we always joke, at Cabrini that we stole discipleship from Curtis Martin and Focus, who stole it from Jesus Himself. Exactly. Uh, and, and the whole idea is is that John just started meeting with these guys, and it was incredible because for the first time in all of the years of youth ministry, we all of a sudden had senior men, senior guys that are around and were present, and and were capable of becoming leaders. We're growing deeper in their faith, uh, and so Shannon and John got smart and they said, let's. Let's do this again. And so they kind of recruited some, seven of our friends. John and Brian, wrote, Father John and Father Brian wrote some Bible studies. And all of a sudden we said, all right, we don't really know what we're doing. Here's our juniors and seniors. Just meet with them uh, once a week. Just teach them Bible study, talk about their lives, help them in their, you know, just in the muck of their life, but as well as, like, teaching them the faith. Uh, and then the next year they hired me as, as kind of the director of discipleship, whatever that was. And uh, my job, in addition to being youth minister, was kind of to help oversee this new, this kind of, this new development. And so what Cabrini does now is that everyone who does confirmation their freshman year is immediately put into a discipleship group. Uh, And so we have a bunch of young adults that are in Denver um, who help out at the parish. And and what they do is they basically, we, we take a youth group. That's, you know, maybe 150 kids. uh, And every one of those kids is, is being personally mentored. Um, You know, every young adult has 10 kids that they're personally mentoring in and it's crazy. The fruits we're seeing, we're seeing, um, I think every year we've done discipleship, we've had one vocation from our youth group every year for the last five years. Um, we have big senior classes. A lot of upperclassmen are being retained because these these high school kids are actually being fed. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's
0: huge. It's awesome. Now, you have, what do you think, 20 discipleship leaders? And, so, yep, and they all about have 20. their own discipleship groups. So, how many kids do you think are in discipleship right now?
2: Uh, well, it's kind of tough because I would say there's probably 150 that are assigned groups. And of that, maybe 100 that are actually actively. Um, being uh, actively going to Bible studies and stuff,
0: we really believe in this. And um, Joe also has had uh, experiences with this. He was working at Matchbuff High School, uh, doing some kind of campus ministry slash student life stuff. And uh, you had a group of guys as well.
1: Yeah, I saw. I saw John when I was in when I was working at Matchbuff High School before I was in seminary john and i were good friends uh and he was in seminary doing this with guys from cabrini so i took maybe like five or six juniors in high school and started meeting with them on a regular basis just to go deeper in the same way but what we were lacking and i think what cabrini has really well is the broader community uh so i had like maybe five or six guys in discipleship we we're meeting every week it was great we had a kind of our own little niche but at cabrini what i see is that they have this group where they're connecting one-on-one but they're still a larger community that they it's in the context of, right. and they already they feel like they're a part of something much much bigger than this own little this little group, you know. Um, and I think that's huge. And the other thing that's really advantageous about the method is that one of the vacuums in the church, I think, and I think most people who are our age would agree with this, is young adults. You know, parishes are measured by families, uh, and so you know, Steve, what are you? You're are you a family? I guess you're just one person. That's that's a problem. I mean, is that Steve, a fat joke, Joe? <laughs> not exactly, but. Um, Young adults aren't being fed in parishes, and sometimes you have a young adult group in a parish, but a lot of times what that is is like we're just going to go have a drink together or something like that. It's just to give some, some, like a singles crowd to meet people and to have community. Uh, but what I found at Cabrini what I've seen just with my friends who are involved is that instead of saying, hey, come to the parish and just meet people, or hey, come to the youth group and be on the core team and just kind of hang out in the big thing, it's like, no, come here, and here's 10 kids, and just meet with them once a week, invest in them. And so you're you're immediately being thrown into mission instead of just coming to the parish to receive. And I think a lot of people in our life in our at our age group are looking for ways to give themselves. They might not even think of themselves as looking for ways to give themselves, but you need to at, at that point in your life. You need to be receiving and also being poured out in some way. Especially if you don't have, if you're not married, if you're not in the seminary in a religious community, if you don't have a, you know, you're kind of in the vocation crisis, you're looking for a vocation. This is a way that you can be poured out uh, and that you can be a instrument i guess of the holy spirit and what happens is that it creates this young adult community i mean i feel like there's so many young adults who know each other there who have a great community there but they're also in mission together which i think fuels that that's i think that's something and we miss in community we're always looking for community but nobody everybody wants to receive nobody wants to give but if we can get a bunch of people together who are giving together it it enlivens i feel like christ is in there in a much deeper way absolutely
0: you know? and I, I think you know looking back joe we're getting old you know i'm 28 now and so <laughs> you are so old i know seriously and, and you're getting there you know but 27 yeah. now 10 years out of high school the people that i'm still closest friends with and these are christian friendships the ones that fell away were the ones we had good community we hung out you know um, we had fun but the ones who are still really close friends are the ones that we shared that mission and what has happened in denver is that there's been a a real shift to try, like you said, to try and get the community of young adults who are kind of hanging out, having a lot of fun, having drinks together and stuff, good things, but to get them kind of moving in a mission with a new purpose together. And and one of the great things Steve did that I did not do when I was there was that he started saying, hey, on Monday nights, come over to my house and um, we'll do Bible study. So Steve is forming the young adults and so they're growing in their faith in deeper ways and he's personally investing in them and there's this amazing friendships that are coming out of it and and just a different kind of community is being forged all the while you have high school kids who are just kind of shocked because uh, these young adults who are cool and into their faith are all of a sudden really caring about them and they're in their life and they're walking with them and you got these parents who are freaking out because their kids are in high school and they're not able to the kids don't want to hear from their parents but then all of a sudden when this young adult comes in and then they get plugged in into the family life. I mean, it's just like this beautiful confluence. We're hitting all the different facets of, uh, of young families, of high school kids, of young adults, and they're all being formed in a deeper way by this new model. And let's so, be honest,
1: this isn't even just about discipleship. This is really just about the Christian life. Like the Christian life should be something where you're always growing in your faith, you're always learning, you're always being invested in, and you're always being poured out, you're always giving, you're always in mission. Because without one of those two... Uh, you're just going to get burned out or it's going to be stale or the community is just going to be turned in on itself and not open to the people, to gentes, you know, to evangelization, which is what the heart of the church is.
0: So, Steve, there's a lot of people who don't like what we're doing. They don't like this new model and they're sticking to the old. Um, what do you think the main kind of critique that they bring or the main kind of concern that they have with what we're doing?
2: Well, it, it's, I think it, personally, I think it's a pride thing. And it's, it's hard. You have to swallow your pride a lot in discipleship because... <clears throat> Everybody wants to see numbers. You want to see big youth groups with, I mean, that's the thing is if you do entertaining things, you big and bring in all these inflatables, uh, (laughs) you know, you just do crazy stuff. You'll get 300 kids at your life night. Uh, And that's great, you know, but, but again, it's not, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't retain. Uh, And so I think the hardest thing is that your youth group will shrink. It will get smaller, but it starts small and there's a death that happens. And then out of that is a new life appropriate for holy saturday Uh Uh but and i think that that's the hardest thing is so many times i'll talk to to new youth ministers and they're like well you know i don't have two full-time youth ministers and all these young adults and i'm like that's fine you don't need that to begin that i'm like all you need is you to invest in 10 kids and then the next year you have you get one of your buddies and you take the freshman and they say hey john you take the you take these next freshman class i have the sophomores and then the next year I have 10, John has 10, we invite, we get Joe, Joe to do it, Joe, you get 10. And that's how the youth group grows. And it actually, it, it has to begin with a death and it has to begin very small because you invest in just a few and those few are retained and the few eventually multiply to much greater fruits and much, uh, your youth group becomes much bigger and much more substantial. But at the, at the beginning of it, 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 it always, the numbers do shrink and that's always a, t- a, a tough bullet to bite.
0: Yeah, I agree. The, uh, and, and one of the other things is um, they don't like this, the lower numbers. They feel like they're being elitist by, um, you know, I'm just picking a few. That's a big thing. Focus is always kind of countering that. Like, all you care about is, is this certain crew of people, and it's like, well, this is what Jesus did, right? So we need to model our structures in the church and the way we do ministry based on uh, the model that Christ gives us. And so we can't be afraid to say that. Why good- do you
1: say this is what Jesus did? Like, flesh that out more.
0: Okay, so he has the crowd, and then he pulls out the 12, <laughs> right? the apostolic band, and then he invests in, there's a couple of the women who has close relationships as well, but he's very particular and very intentional about forming a few. And he draws them in, and they share this close life with him. He preaches to the crowd, but and this is big for me as a priest now. He doesn't meet the needs of everyone in the crowd. He doesn't have one-on-one meetings in his office with every single person who has a problem. He doesn't heal everyone who needs healing, because the, the main point of his life is to form the Twelve. And they all abandoned him and flee at the end, except John, the beloved disciple. And no, 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 they all abandoned. They all abandoned he him. Fled and fled. Naked, John I think? came back. Yeah, John well, ran away naked. John wrote that. And, yeah, they all abandoned him and fled. And John did run off a little bit, kind of, kind of <laughs> naked. Um, but uh,
2: you know, Stephen was a protomar. He never fled,
1: just because <laughs> he wasn't there.
0: <laughs> the uh, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. But there is that problem as well. And then I think the last thing, uh, the other kind of third concern people have is like when you only have five guys you're investing in and one of them starts to bail, uh, you feel it way more acutely. And uh, you've got to really fight for the ones that God has put in your life. And if, and if you have only a small crew, if you got 200 kids, it's like, ah, okay, you know, i got the, so many others, it doesn't really matter. But if there's just a few, you've got to keep coming back. And my favorite story with this is Matt Conahan, who I hope he listens to this podcast, but Matt's at Steubenville right now. He's probably going to take your job someday. He's an outrageous uh, rugby player, but I called him every week for two years. Trying to get him to uh, come to Bible study two years, and he and he finally kind of came, and he was kind of half into it, half out, and then he went to college, and he ended up in Steubenville kind of miraculously, and uh, now he's going to be an amazing youth minister someday. Um, but you got to have that kind of guts to say God has put this person in my life, and I'm going to do everything I can to um, to keep him present and to keep plugging into him.
2: And I also think something that needs to be said as well is this is hu- this has huge fruits. I really believe this is the answer to the vocation crisis because like i said cabrini over the last five years every year has gotten vocations but it's interesting especially if there's other seminarians that listen to this i um, yeah. Do, yeah does anybody yeah. listen to this is this like
1: brian hess brian, hess. brian oh, hess? He's, he's cool
2: um laurel's dad laurel's dad dude your daughter's <laughs> legit she's super cool laurel's one of our discipleship leaders is your girlfriend since. listen to this uh probably not anymore okay, <laughs> she yeah. did
0: exactly okay um
2: what was it talking about? <laughs> you got me thinking of Megan. I'm like, vocations, oh. vocations. Oh yeah, vocations. This is what, so, and especially for, if there's seminarians out there, and it's interesting because the seminary, the last two years has invited me to come and speak about it because they're like, why, why are vocations coming from this one youth group? And the reason is, is it's not me. It's not me as a youth minister. It's not even necessarily the lay, the lay people, but we've had the, the gift of having seminarians investing. And it blows my mind because of every discipleship group that we've ever had when, it's a, when the discipleship leader is a seminarian or a priest, everyone so far has, has brought a fruit of a vocation. And, and there's something to be said about that, that yeah. I'm like, I mean, we've done, but done this for what, five, six years? And that's six seminarians and every one of those vocations have come. And that's because people don't follow, they don't follow you in words, they follow you if you live the faith. And if you're living the vocation, if you're actively discerning, becoming a priest, that there's a witness there that, that, that is more than just a spoken word or something you can teach.
0: That's right. On vocation talks are, are good, but they, they're they not, you know, the kind of thing that are going to win guys and say, I want to give my life for this. But it's when a guy's walking with you for a year or two, like Joe did with his guys um, and like you're doing as well. I mean, it, this is what makes you want to live your vocation to uh, religious life or priesthood or marriage just really radically because you see it lived out.
2: And even in yours, we talk about Matt Conahan, but, you know, you have Joe and Kevin that are both in seminary right now that were... Right. A party part of your original group.
0: Yeah, two of my six guys went to seminary after high school, and uh, they've far surpassed me in holiness in the last three years.
2: That wasn't hard. Yeah.
0: <laughs> He's so funny, isn't he, Ty? Ty's cutting onions next to us. And... Oh, I just thought you were oh, crying because you're shallots. sensitive. He is sensitive. That's about it. <laughs> my final question for you, Steve, would be, before we kind of wrap her up here, is, um, okay, so someone's listening to this. They're out in the middle of nowhere. They don't have a young adult community like they do in Denver, so they don't have young adults to draw on. Uh, what do they do? It, this seems like that's nice if you have all these friends from Steubenville who are out you know, and, and can help you out. Sure. But what do I do if I'm just a Joe Schmoe youth minister in the middle of nowhere trying to do good and trying to help sure. out?
2: Well, I think there's two things. I, I think the first is it, it doesn't take degrees in theology. It doesn't take anything. It, all it is is that every human person is capable of doing it. And that what wins high school kids, what wins this, you know, a culture that when, when World Youth Day came here in 93, the bishops are like, you can't penetrate the youth culture in America. But what does, and this is what they don't have in their life, and this is at any level, is just show up and be present to them and love them. And the discipleship, so much more of discipleship is more, it's not a Bible study. It's not I'm sitting down and I'm teaching Jeff Caven's Bible study, which is awesome. Or, or I'm going through a scripture study. That, that's important, but it's secondary to the fact that you just show up and you're in their life. And you go to their baseball games, and you talk to them about you know their problem when they break up with their girlfriend. Um, and in the process, when you show up and you really prove to them that you love them, that's when you gain the right to speak to them. So you could be out in the middle of nowhere, um, and if there's a couple high school kids that are there, if you're willing just if just to invest in a few of them and to be consistent and just to be present in their life, especially in these in these difficult times, you're doing discipleship. Right. Um, and then the second thing too is like if you're missing resources, there's something really beautiful that's developing is. Um, I think a, a lot of people are starting to, to notice that this model is effective. And uh, like my one of my mentors, uh, my former youth minister, Jim Beckman, um, he's working at the Augusta Institute right now. And he uh, he's trying to develop a program, especially for the parishes that, that can't pay a full time youth minister. Uh, it's a program called Why Disciple? Uh, all one word. Um, but they're do- developing resources for this thing. So if you don't, if you didn't go to Steubenville, you don't have degrees in theology. Uh, they're making like DVD programs, stuff that you can throw in. But again, that's, that's, and that's awesome. And, and that's an amazing resource if you're, if you're interested in something like this. But secondarily, but that's secondary. Bible studies are secondary to the fact is all you have to do is just show up and love them and be with them, uh, in their life. And, and that is discipleship at its heart. Hmm.
0: This is something that we're uh, really passionate about and we're seeing fruits uh, anywhere where this is being done. Um, there's a new, new life to it. And uh a lot of the old is just dying out and it's just painful to watch it being kinda of reproduced when it's not effective. And so uh if you're listening to this and you're thinking, you know, hey, uh how do I do this? Well will plug us in and you can contact Steve. We can get you connected through the uh through Catholic stuff podcast at Gmail and we're more than happy to make kinda of make those connections you need. Uh, and be a resource for you in this. This is something we really, really are committed to, really believe in. And for Joe and I as priests, um, w- this will always be a vision that we carry into the parish, uh, especially w- with working with young adults and young people. So uh, we hope that you can think creatively and kind of bring this into your area uh, because it's it means
1: everything to us. It's it's so important. So, Well, we'll see you guys next week. And any, any more thoughts, suggestions, insults, comments, whatever, we will take them, catholicstuffpodcast at gmail.com.